0: Yo, yo, what's up? Today, we're learning Daph Yud Aleph of Masechta Shabbos. Uh, we're going to continue with uh, some of these uh, statements by Rav Bar Machasya in the name of Rav and Bar in the name of Rav. A bunch of like random kind of Agada kind of stuff. Then we get to a uh, new Mishnah and we're going to talk a little bit about carrying things on Shabbos. So, let's do it. Three lines from the top of Yud Alef, Amud Aleph. Here we go. Ve'amur Rav Bar Machasya, Amur Rav Chaim Bar Rav, says Rav Bar Machasya in the name of Chaim Bar in the name of Rab. Shigago shigagoseh gavon mi beis akneseth akneseth sof chareva any city who um the roofs of the of the houses are taller than the synagogue, than the roof of the synagogue, in the end it will be destroyed, the city will be destroyed, and then it continues, right, so in describing the Beis um Ezra says, to um, to make high um, the house of our God, and to stand it's it's uh, destructions and to make a fence in, Ju- in 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 Judah and Jerusalem so we see that the Romain, as base that to have the synagogue should be taller than uh, everything else uh, and by doing that then you have a um goder, a fence protection if you don't have that then you don't have protection now this is specifically referring to the houses of but like, if, if you're living in Manhattan, and there's many very tall buildings, so, you know, it's probably going to be impossible for, you know, the, the, the chances of having the synagogue be the tallest uh, building in town is, is pretty slim. So, it, it doesn't apply there. It applies, you know, in terms of houses, you know, a suburb where there's houses. So, then the synagogue should, be, should have the tallest roof. Um, Rav, Ashi, Rav Ashi says, I did in Matamachasiya. So that uh, it shouldn't be destroyed, i.e., I made the um, synagogue the highest roof. But one second, I, th- I thought Matamachasya was destroyed, which is interesting. So I guess we probably, I guess Matamachasia at some point was destroyed. I guess we won't find it anywhere in like Iraq or anything. I guess. So then it says, well, while Matamachasia was destroyed, it wasn't destroyed from the sin of having. Um, homes that were, were taller than the synagogue. If you have to choose, you know, to serve under a uh, Ishmaelite, I don't know. I guess it's traditionally uh, translated as like Arabs, or under a Nochri, um, which I think are is Edom. I don't know. I feel like people sometimes like divide that among like Christians and Muslims kind of things. I don't know how accurate that is. But either way, if you have to choose between uh, an Ishmaelite or a um, Edomite, choose the Ishmaelite. But better to serve under, to be a servant for an uh, Edomite than to be a servant for a... um, Chavar. Chaver was some other nation um who was like not very pleasant. Better to serve under this chover than to have to be a servant for a Tamil Chacham. because if you get the Tamil upset, he might um like you know, whether it, inadvertently advertently or inadvertently, um kill you or something or curse you. Because he's just, you know, if if, if he gets upset then his <laughs> Is what whatever he sort of wants to happen to you might happen. <speaking in Hebrew> Better to serve under a than under a, yosem, a, a um, orphan or a widow, because um, their word is even stronger than that of a tamchachem. If, if, if you do something wrong to them, then um, you might find yourself in big trouble. <speaking> in <Hebrew> Uh, okay, better uh, to have any sickness other than um, stomach sickness. Kol ke'ev velo ke'ev lev. Any pain, but not heart pain. Kol mechush velo mechush Any aches, but not headaches. Kol ra'ev ishara, All evil, not an evil wife. V'amorav b'mechasir, amor v'cham v'agur y'amorav, imi'u kol ayyom If all of the um, seas were ink. And all the swamps were uh, reeds, quills to write with. And the heavens were um, like, you know, things to write on, like parchment. And all the people were scribes. They would not suffice to write about how much sort of space there is in the heart of a leader who has all sorts of things that he has to be um juggling at all the time you know all the time uh, at, at all times and he manages to give proper attention to all of them. micro where do we have a Pasuk um to uh to to base this on? It's a Pasuk of Mishleh, Amrab Misharshiah, Shamaim Larum, Valev Milachim, these three things, right? The height of the heavens, the depth of the earth, and the hearts of kings ain't heker. There is no evaluating. A fast is as effective for a bad dream as fire is effective for highly flammable um, things. Bayom Chizda says, But you need to um, fast on the day that you have the dream. Um, Amr of Yosef, Rav Yosef said, even if that day is Shabbos, we learned in the Gemara and Brachis that if you fast on Shabbos, though, you make up a, another fast for it on Sunday. Rav Yoshua of Idi Ikla Ashi Tilsa. So Rav Yoshua of visited Rav Ashi, and they made for him a, a very delicious uh, veal, a very delicious calf. It was the third calf to its mother. Apparently, that right, that's the best tasting one. Amule. They said to Rabbi Yoshua, of Little Mar, Midi, no eat said to them, B'tinus He says, I'm fasting. adam tainiso But don't you hold that which Rabbi Yehuda said, that he says you can like loan against your tainis and make it up later. So, Kilu. Okay, so you're planning to fast today. But just eat today. We got some good food and then you'll fast another day. So I'm like tiny schalomu. So Rabbi Yeshua Breda of Eidi said, "Yeah, but this is a tiny schalom. I'm fasting for a bad dream that I had." But Amar Rava bar Machasi, Amar Rav Chaim bar Gurya, Amar Rava, you have a tiny schalom case. Len Aores that a a a fast for a dream is as effective as fire for highly for highly flammable materials. V'amrav Chista v'obayom v'amrav Yosef Afilu b'Shavus. And Chista said. Um, specifically if it's the following day and um, Rabbi Yosef said even if the following day is Shabbos. Right? So the Mishnah says right so going back to our Mishnah on the uh, Avtasamud Beis so it says that um, you know don't like start getting a haircut or whatever before, uh, close to Mincha they say but if you start then you don't have to stop and then the Mishnah says we stop for Kriyashma but we don't stop for so why does it say we don't have to stop for tefillah? Like we just said If you already started any of these activities You don't have to stop So why do we then have to say That we do stop for Kriyashma And we don't stop for tefillah We know that we don't stop for tefillah We just said that if you started any of these activities You don't have to stop So we're So the Reisha already said that You don't stop what you're doing to pray So, so when the Seifa says that um uh, in map in the tefillah it's talking about you don't stop learning torah it's adding another context where you don't stop something in order to daven and that is learning torah right if you're studying torah you don't stop in order to daven okay the Tanya, as we learn in Torah. <laughs> if you have uh who we're learning torah in the, in the So they would stop learning in order to say kriyashma They wouldn't necessarily stop learning in order to daven. Now, I'm not sure if this means... It's unclear to me. Meaning, Rashi said in the Mishnah that all the activities listed in the Mishnah, it's assuming that you have enough time to then daven afterwards. And then I guess that means that with kriyashma you do have to stop even though you have time to say it afterwards, I guess. And now we're saying over here, and you can add... Da, um, learning to the list of things that you that that you don't interrupt in order to daven. So I guess that that's assuming that you still have time to daven afterwards. Meaning, if you're going to run out of time to daven, maybe 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 everyone would agree that you would stop uh, learning in order to daven. I guess maybe, unless this is different than the all the other ones. Maybe the other other ones were only if there was enough time. But maybe it's saying that by davening. That way, that but if you're learning, then maybe, um, maybe it's saying you can keep on learning even if it means you're going to miss davening. I don't know, maybe. Am rabbi Yochanan, right, because then it says, Armor of Yochanan, uh, fine, so we said, They don't stop the davening. Armor Yochanan, that's only Rabshim ben Yochai and his colleagues because Torah is their livelihood, like Torah is everything for them, so they don't have to stop their learning in order to Davin. But we stop for Ma and for davening. Okay, so like, I'm not sure if that means that like, Kilo, if you're learning and then it becomes time to Davin, even though there's still plenty of time, you have to stop and daven immediately. Or is it saying that, um, right, and then we're saying, right, so even, uh, you know, so only Reb Shim Ben Yochai and his friends wouldn't have to stop learning immediately in order to Davin. Everyone else does, right? Or is it saying that no, only Reb ben Yochai and his friends were able to miss davening completely because they were learning, but we don't do that. I don't know. I'm not sure. but don't we learn in a brisa the the kriyashma? we have a brisa that says that actually, wait, just like you don't stop what you're doing in order to daven, you also don't stop what you're doing in order to recrashma. So kitani ayibi Now that's specifically for if you're doing um, if you're calculating if you need to make a leap year or not, right? Seven, it says in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, they, it describes that seven people would go up to some attic and they would have to figure out, you know, maybe based on the seasons and the, all sorts of calculations that they have, they have to decide if they're going to make a leap year or not. So while they're doing that, they don't stop for davening or for kriyashma. So v'adha said, and similarly it was taught by the elders of Hagronya. Amar b'lazha bar tzadok, Shaynu oskin biibra ashana biyavne. The Rav Elazar, Rav Tzadok said that when they were that when they were involved in determining if they should make a leap year or not, when they were in Yavne, lo ha'yun lo ha'yunum mafsekin lo lekriashma lo letefila. We wouldn't stop for kriashma or for tefilah. Lo yetsa achayed b'machto. Oh, nu Mishnah. A a tailor should not go out with his needle, with his sewing needle, somech lechasecha close to um, nightfall on Friday. Because lest he should forget and go out with it, right? right. So we're saying already when it becomes close to um, Shabbos on Friday, the tailor, I guess he's generally accustomed to always going out with his needle wherever he goes. So we're scared that uh, if he goes out with his needle close to when Shabbos starts, he might forget and take it out when Shabbos comes in. So I guess it's like a, as a protective measure. And I guess even if like most of the time he'll probably remember and take his needle out, but sometimes maybe he'll forget and take it out. And therefore, um, we say, you know what, if you remember within a half an hour of Shabbos, so then, you know, just just don't go out with your, with your needle. Okay? And a scribe should not go out with his quill close to Shabbos for the same reason that we're scared that he's going to take it out with him on Shabbos. A person should not uh, delouse his clothing. He should not remove lice from his clothing on Shabbos. And you shouldn't read right next to a candle because we're concerned that maybe you will tilt the candle uh, in order to make it shine better. You'll you'll want to get the oil, uh, you know, uh, um, um, coating the wick better. So you'll move around the candle and you'll cause it to burn. They said a that the Chazin This is really interesting. He explains that this is talking about the guy, the bal koray in the shul, which is really interesting. The Balkori and the shul, it might be Erev Shabbos and he might, or maybe even on Shabbos, I guess. And he might, um, maybe it's Friday night and he knows that he has to lane the next day to read from the Torah, but he might not remember what Parsha it is. So he'll just go to the shul and see what the children are reading of hulo Yikra, but he shouldn't read with them because we're concerned that maybe he's going he's gonna to tilt the uh, candle. But the kids... You know, they're not gonna tilt the candle, so you can just kinda of go and peek what they're up to because they're learning the partials of shavuot. There's so many interesting things in this little thing right here. A it's interesting that the Balkori doesn't know what the what the what the what they're reading the next day. Almost as though like it's just like a normal thing for him to be reading. It's not like he even has to prepare. He just knows it. It's like in his bones. And maybe he doesn't necessarily read every week or whatever it is, and he just said I don't know, somehow he didn't know what the weekly partial was, which is interesting. Also, the fact that like the kids would study the weekly parsha every single uh, Friday night, I guess, because they would keep up with the because uh, they would keep up with the cycle of parshas. So basically, he can just go to the um, Beit Knesset and see what they're studying, and then um, he'll know what to read the next day. So then, similarly, a zav was married to a zava. I guess they both happen to be zav and zava at the same time. So they shouldn't eat with each other because if they eat with each other, then they might sleep with each other. And if they sleep with each other, well, then that is a uh, Isrkaris. So we don't want that. Okay. And we will get more into Zav's and Zav's, uh, uh tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think. Um Yeah, fun stuff. Tanan Asam. We learn over there in Eriven, says the Gemara. Lo yamur adam b'rishus Mm. so if let's say you're in your house and there's i don't know maybe like a glass of water outside or, or some kind of some kind of source of water outside right so don't um don't just like stick your hand so don't just like stick yeah i guess like your hand and your head out the window and just drink from Rishis because we're, right, I guess kind of like lean over. If you're in Rishis you're in your house, don't just like lean over to the water that's in Rishis then just drink from that water because we're concerned that you might end up taking the water inside to your home and that would be and also the opposite. If you're outside, don't just kind of lean over a window or something to like drink something from inside the house because we're concerned you'll bring it outside too. However, if he puts his head and most of his body into that place where he is um, drinking from, then it's okay. Because if most of his body, let's say he's in your the water is in Rishis so he kind of like, you know, sticks like most of his body out the window or something like that. So we're not really concerned that he's going to bring it back. It's not necessarily so straightforward for him to just bring it back inside. So we're not concerned that he's going to do that. Vikane begas, and we say similarly that the same thing applies to a wine press, and we're going to um we're going to explain what this means, this wine press thing. Iba that's the asakasha. karmelis might but they want to know what about a karmelis, right? So if you're in your house in so don't stick out your head to Rush HaRavim in order to drink, because it could be Otsama or but what about if the water was in a karmelis? I don't know. Let's say maybe right outside your house is like a field or something, right? Or or I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of platform that is dalad al but not tenth Whatever it is, the water is in a karmelis. So now, carrying in a karmelis, right? Or 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 to a karmelis, or from a karmelis achnas into your house. Whatever it is, the whole interaction between one rishos and a karmelis is only midrabanon in, in the first place, right? And we're saying, don't stick your head out the window to drink from this place. Because we're concerned that if you do that, then maybe you'll end up doing, bringing it, you know, to the rishos that you're in. And that'll be Oto a But in this case, that'll be like a double gazera, right? On the one hand, it's only a gazera anyways to, let's say, be motzi, uh from a Carmelist to rishos arabam, let's say. Because we're concerned if you're motzi from a Karmelist to rishos arabam, you might be motzi from rishos to rishos to Right? Um. So so so. Um, but so, do are we going to make an additional Gezerah not to stick your head out the window out of concern that maybe then you'll do rishus, you know, Otsa from the rishus that you're into a Carmelist which in and of itself is only Gezerah lest you do it to you know between a rishus a and a rishus a rabin. So I'm Abayi he he. Abayi said it would, there would be no difference in the karmelis you also would not be allowed to stick out your head into a Carmelis and drink water. Rava said, one second, the whole thing of, of not doing hotza from one roshis to a is only a to Rabbanan. We're not now going to make another gzera and say, now don't even stick your head out the window because you're concerned that maybe then you're going to carry to the Carmelis, which is only a concern that maybe you're going to carry into a shisarab or whatever it is. It's too many gzeras. We're not going to make a gzera for what's already a gzera. Abaye says, "Yeah, but I have a reason for saying that the same applies to a carmelist that you shouldn't stick your head out into a carmelist and drink." De katane, as the Brisa says, or the Mishnah says, "Vchein begas," that the same applies to a wine press. Now, the way that a wine press works is that there would be like um, this area. Okay. You, there would be like, yeah, this like, kind of like rishosi kind of thing, like this like area where you would put all the grapes in. Then you would go and jump around on the grapes or maybe dance and press the grapes. And then all the juice would kind of go out into this like bin where you would catch it. Um, and then that's how you would get the grape juice that you would make into wine. So, so we're saying, vechen begas, also you shouldn't lean, lean over into a gas in order to drink, let's say grape juice. From the wine press, from from the, the grape press, so Aba'i says, "My gosh, what what is this wine press? If the wine press is a Rishus hayachid, well, tanina. We already said in the Mishnah you shouldn't lean over into rishos hayachid. tanina. And if it's a Rishus so we also said in the Mishnah that you shouldn't lean over into rishos harabim. So el karma this. It must be." That it's talking about a Carmelis. And That's the khidish of the Gas. Is that we already know that you can't do it in Rushus Yachud, we already know that you can't do it in Rush The point of the Carmelis is that you can't the Gas is that you can't even do it in a Carmelis. Rava Amar, whereas Rava said, V'chein Begaas, Lenin meiser. Rava said that when it says V'chein the Gas, it's not talking about a Carmelis. And it's not talking about, you know, leaning over and drinking and about Hot Same, Rushusla on Shabbos. No, 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 no. It's talking about meiser. What about meiser? So basically. When it comes to i think it's truma and miser we're saying miser here though i think it's truma and miser that in order for you to be chayev let's just say miser because that's what the gemara is talking about so in order for something to be chayev in miser you have to eat it in a keva in a kavua way if i just like go up to a tree and like hop a rind right and just take take epis and i eat it directly from the tree i'm not gonna be chayev it's not gonna be chayev in miser you know, I have to do something to make a kavua, right? Such as, right, right, we talked about in other places, doing meruach, putting it in a pile and then, like, flattening out the pile or, you know, bringing it into your house, you know, and it's got to come in through your front door, right? Things like that. So when it comes to a wine press, okay, so it's only going to be chayv and meiser once you remove the juice from the wine press, right? The juice isn't supposed to remain in the wine press. It goes out into a bucket, Right. Or if you take a cup out of it and then you drink it outside of the wine press, that's already considered kavuah because you're not planning on pouring the rest back anyway. So you're pretty much taking it out and keeping it. So, so what we're saying over here is that also by a wine press, you shouldn't lean over the side of the wine press and drink from the wine that's in the wine press because we're concerned, right, that maybe you'll take it out with you. At which point it'll be chayav in my and You'll be eating tevel, I guess. So that's what it means v'chein begas. And it's talking about you know, and it's and it's talking about uh you know what either Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah. It's not talking about a caramelist. It's just talking about a glass, and we're saying that um, I guess Rosh Hashanah or Rosh isn't relevant because we're not talking about on Shabbos, and therefore we're just talking about in general a uh, wine press. You shouldn't lean over it and drink from it because we're concerned maybe you'll take it out of the wine press, in which case um it'll be chayv and meiser, and we don't want that to be chayv and meiser because you're not taking meiser. Fine. So, Rav Amar V'chein L'inyan Meiser. V'chein Amar And similarly, Rav said, V'chein L'inyan Meiser. Right? That it's talking about Meiser. The Tanan, we learn in Mishnah, Shosin Al-Hagas. Okay? You could drink grape juice. I assume at that point it's grape juice, right? You're just getting the juice out of the grapes. Right? Shosin Al-Hagas, they would drink grape juice on the wine press itself. You could just take a um, cup of that juice, I guess, that you just stomped on with your very clean feet. And you could drink it. Bein alachamin, bein aletzonen. Whether you're then mixing it, mixing that water, diluting dilu- the, that 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 juice, right? Diluting that juice with um, cold water or hot water, it makes no difference. It's going to be pater from Meister Now, first of all, it's interesting that they were diluting it with any water, right? Because you know, in the time of the Gemara, they would dilute their wine because their wine apparently was it was a concentrate, so they had to dilute it. But this is just grape juice. Why would they have to dilute grape juice? But in any event, um, it says that they would dilute it whether they were diluting it with cold water or hot water. What's the difference? Cold water, theoretically, you could dilute it with the cold water and whatever's um, left over, you can just spill back in with the rest of the grapes. So it wouldn't be considered kavua, potentially, right? But if you use hot water, well, then they say don't, don't, you know, if you mix it with hot water, don't pour the hot water back into the, to the wine press because then maybe it'll cause like some kind of oxidate. the heat will cause some kind of oxidation to the wine which would which would make it um turn into vinegar. So that would be considered keva. So there's a havmina to say that even if you're on the wine vat itself, you're in the wine vat itself and you take a glass of juice and you mix it with hot water, then maybe it would be hive in, in sir because um it's keva. You can't put it back in, you're definitely taking it away. But anyways, Divrav Meir Reb Meir says that if you're in the wine press itself, you could uh drink that wine, even if you dilute it with with uh, hot water, doesn't matter. Hebelazer says, no, you have to take, uh, I don't care, even if it's in the wine press, you still have to take Meiser. Somewhere in between. If you are mixing the wine, you know, you're in the wine press, and you're mixing the wine with hot water, well, then it's going to be chayav in Meiser because, because you can't put it back. So, therefore, it's Kavua. You know, you're definitely taking it away. Um, but if you mix it with cold water, so then since you can put it back, so uh, it, would, it would not be chayav in uh, Meiser because it would still be considered Aray. Fine, because you'll put back the rest, therefore, it could be considered awry. So, 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 Rava learns, uh, the Vichain Begas is not talking about a caramelist. He would say that in a Carmelis you would be able to, uh, lean over and drink from there because it would be a Gezera uh, on another, on, on what's already a Gezera, right, doing hotza, from, to and from a Carmelist. So therefore, we say you can lean over and drink from a Carmelis, according to Rava. Okay. Fine. Digmaia Sakasha on Rava. Tanan. We learn in a Mishnah. <speaking> in <Hebrew> wow, the wind is mamish howling over here. I'm in a new place. This isn't an Airbnb. This is just my friend's place. I'm subletting it from him. But the uh, the wind is really howling over here. Anyways, so we say that a, a tailor should not go out with his... Uh, <speaking in Hebrew> so we're saying that a tailor should not go out with his needle close to sundown on, on, on Friday because we're concerned that he might go out to the Saraban. Okay, fine. My love dido. And we're assuming that he's not carrying it normally. He's carrying it, you know, stuck in his in his in his baguette, in his garment. So he's just taking the needle and he's kind of sticking it in his garment and he's been going out like that. Now that's not the normal way to carry a needle or to carry anything on Shabbos, what's the normal way to carry something in your hand? Now the Gemara wants to assume that he's not carrying it in his hand; he's just kind of sticking it into his into his clothing. In which case, he's being motzi shelo Kedarko, which the Isser is only midrabanon anyways. And yet we're still saying that he shouldn't do this within a half an hour of sundown on Friday. So we're making a gezeira not to go out with the needle. A half an hour before sundown in order to prevent him from being over on a different gezerah which is that he shouldn't carry Kidarko. so we see that right that that we do make a gezerah on a gezerah so why is rava so against saying that he you know is right 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 rava has no problem with a person um you know, leaning over into a Carmelis and drinking on Shabbos because he says, Why should we make a gazer on a gzera? Well, what well, well, we see that in our Mishnah, we're making a gazer on by saying the tailor shouldn't go out with his needle. So the Gemara says, No, it's not talking about where he's stuck it in his clothing. It's talking about where he's holding it in his hand. So therefore, it's a normal hotza. And if he would be motzi it on Shabbos like this, it would be, he'd be chayav midoraisa, chayav a korban. So therefore, we're saying within a half an hour of Shabbos, don't do it to avoid being over on the de Implying that if it was Trouva bivigdo, if it was in his clothing, which is, uh, only maybe he wouldn't have to stop in advance. Because we don't want to make a Xeran Oh. We have a Bryce that says, don't go out, right, 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 that a tailor should not go out with a needle that is stuck in his clothing. Oh. Oh. So it's pretty clear there. It's, and he's not carrying it in his hand. It's in his clothing. My love of Erev Shabbos. And Mistama, we're talking about on Erev Shabbos. And you see, we're making a gzera, lexera. We're saying, don't go out on Erev Shabbos with the thing stuck in your clothing. Because we don't want you to go out with it stuck in your clothing on Shabbos. And it's a gzera on a gzera. Lo, kitanya ahi bishabbos. Now that price that says, don't go out with the thing stuck in your, in your clothing, with the needle stuck in your clothing, it's on Shabbos. Don't do that. Because even though it's Shalo Kedarko, uh, still, um it's a problem. Don't go out with it on Shabbos. But if it was Erev Shabbos, it would be fine because we're not going to make a gzera l-gzera. But we learned one second, we have another b'risa which says that the tailor should not go out with his needle that's stuck in his clothing on Erev Shabbos before it gets dark. Boom. So there you see, you can't really deny that one, right? right? It's talking about Right, So it's shelo kedarco. So it's only also rabbanan Anyways, and we're still saying that before Shabbos you shouldn't do it. So we're making a xera the xera. So Gemara says, okay, fine. Hamani, but who is that? Who's the author of that price that says not to go out? with the truvu It's Rabbi Yehuda. Hamani uman The Rabbi Yehuda says that if it's a if it's a craftsman. And he's be motzi something by way of his craft. So then he's going to be chayiv. And therefore, even though, uh, in general, if a person would, I guess, stick a needle in his shirt and go out like that, it wouldn't be considered the normal way to carry. But for a tailor, it's not necessarily that uncommon for him to stick it in his clothing and go out. And therefore, it makes it normal for him. And therefore, it uh, it would be actually chayiv midorai. So when we say that the tailor should not go out with the needle in his shirt... Um, Erev Shabbos it's actually a gzera Midrabanan, to avoid him being over in Isra del Arise, which is hotza with the thing in his shirt implying I think that for everybody else though uh, the needle in the shirt would only be Midrabanan. and maybe then you wouldn't have to refrain from doing it right before Shabbos because it would be a gzera l-gzera. the tanya, as we learn in Hebrew, a um, tailor should not go out with the needle that is stuck in his clothing nagar bikesam and a carpenter should not go out with the um some kind of wood chip in his ear i understood from rashi that was like some kind of like a plane like something to make sure that things are straight uh the safari defined it as like a, a ruler or something but basically some kind of tool that is specific for a um carpenter and this is super interesting so rashi says that they would that they would do these things, kind of towards the end of the rashi. This is so cool. So like nowadays, people wear T-shirts that have their business written on it, right? If you're a carpenter, you might wear a t-shirt that has your carpenter, right? or if you're working at a pizza store, maybe you know you're wearing a a, a t-shirt that has the name of the pizza store on there. I guess back then they didn't necessarily have t-shirts and stuff. How, how do you sort of advertise your business? So, if you're a, 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 a carpenter, you walk around with like a ruler behind your ear. If you're a tailor, you walk around with your needle stuck in your clothing. And that way people would say, ah, you're, you're a tailor. I talk, I have some tailoring work I need. You know, can, you know, are, 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 are you interested in that? And that's how they would promote their business. Extremely interesting. Uh, somebody who like um, uh, combs wool to uh, get out like the thorns and stuff. So I guess he would have some kind of uh, thing that he'd use to wrap up like the thorns and branches and stuff. So he shouldn't go out with that wrapper thing. And somebody, a weaver should not go out with some kind of cloth that he would use uh, to somehow, I don't know, tighten the woof or something like that. And if you, if he's a, a dyer, somebody who makes dyes, so you shouldn't go out with examples of dyed wool, um, on his neck. And a, um, money changer shouldn't go out with a uh, coin in his ear. Okay? You know, all of these are ways to promote their business. So even though these aren't, let's say, normal ways to carry these things, but for these people, it's normal enough. But if he did go out like this, it would be because, um, it's not the normal way to carry. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, uman derech chayev ushakol adam pater. Oh. so Rabbi says that if he's a craftsman doing it in the normal way of his craft, uh, you know, as by, by you know, as by way of his craft, then he's going to be chayev for carrying in this way. But everybody else will be poter. So therefore, when we say that a a, a tailor who goes out um, shouldn't go out on erev Shabbos with his needle stuck in his garment, that's because it's going like Rabbi Yehuda who says that it would be aser midoraisa for him to go out. Um, with it in his garment on Shabbos therefore right an Erev Shabbos. He shouldn't do that um, Okay, I think we're gonna stop here. We have we do have a, a decent amount uh, To do still on the page, but it really gets into a whole new sugya uh, About Zuv and stuff like that. It's it's actually a little bit complicated. So I think we're gonna start with that tomorrow um, Yeah, so just come prepared tomorrow with your game face um, And yeah that's it. Today was cool. We had a bunch of agaditas from and then uh, we started getting into taking out, carrying stuff on Shabbos, which is cool. I guess we've been getting into that for a while already. But I guess now we're thinking about objects and and cool things like that. Um, cool, everyone. Peace.